This is a Maybe You Like It production. To find more productions, including podcasts, radio plays, and stage plays, visit www.maybeyoulikeit.co.uk. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. This is a Maybe You Like It production. To find more productions, including podcasts, radio plays, and stage plays, visit www.maybeyoulikeit.co.uk. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. Oh, this is just something I worked up. Uh, I'll do it for you. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. Hello, I'm Jake, and this is the Maybe You Like It podcast, the podcast where we take a play or film that has never been staged before, or is never likely to be staged again, and we talk about how we'd stage it. As always, I'm joined by Caleb. Hello, I'm here. Hello, Caleb. And this week, (laughs) we are joined by actor, director, and friend of the pod, Ellie Cooper. Hello. Hello, Ellie. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you guys? Yeah, good. All right. Excited to get into this week's topic yes yeah. this is one of my favorite films ever so well, i was like why don't oh. let's just launch straight in what film are we doing this week so we are doing the truman show and the basic gist of the film is um we follow the, the life of truman he is living in a tv show which broadcasts live all hours of the day and has been um for his entire life so he was born um live on air and he's now i guess in his 30s And it's kind of a story about how he suddenly realises that this entire environment that he's in is all fake and all surrounded by actors and just a film set and how he starts to communicate with the outside world and eventually, spoiler alert, um, escapes by the end of the film. Yeah, and and so it's kind of split into two halves. The first half is this sort of like pretty rapid discovery journey of discovery that Truman's going through uh, as he works out that the show isn't, you know, that he's in this TV show. But then the second half is following the creators of the TV show as they try to mm-hmm. prevent him from escaping essentially. Um, and so it's, it's kind of almost, you know, this is kind of, I guess, ruining a question we often ask at the end, but it is all, already written as a two act structure. So mm-hmm. we kind of know where the interval is going to be. Um, but I think that, yeah, it, it, so it does sort of both sides of that. In, in deconstructing this this uh, concept, it shows Truman and then it also shows the creators. Um, so, yeah, this film's from 1998. It was directed by Peter Weir and it was uh, written by Andrew Nichol and it pretty ahead of its time in terms of what it's like sort of showing of like reality TV and, and things like that and and just real good fun Jim Carrey mm. stars and he's uh, you know he's Jim Carrey so <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good observation Caleb well done <laughs> thank um, you but yeah no it follows these these themes of commercialization I was just saying off air that I'd forgotten or had gone over my head when I was younger the the kind of plot line of all the product placements that they that they do and it's just it's very amusing but also very disconcerting to watch mm. I read yeah. somewhere as well that all of the lighting in the film um, is supposed to be very very bright at all times even during the day um, because of this product placement so they're always trying to kind of light every aspect of the room yeah. I think that's so interesting for like translational stage oh and, and the whole thing as well is this kind of like weird idea of like the perfect 60s suburbia mm. uh, which you know it in this sort of era and sort of a decade before David Lynch was deconstructing in film as well. And it's kind of like, you know, the, the choice by the creators of the fake TV show, I guess the show would have started in 1968, wouldn't it? If he's like 30 mm. odd or like in the sixties. And so, and, but it remains this sort of like sixties suburbia, whereas the world outside has changed. Like his wife dresses in this like very traditional nurse's outfit mm. and all the houses are very traditional, uh, American suburban houses, uh, which is, yeah, I think a really interesting, um, visual choice to, to play with on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they hide I, these black dots of cameras in everywhere as well. Yeah. They've got like the button cameras and, and they're also, uh, hidden in like newsstands and all this stuff. Um, right. I, I mean, before we launch into what we're going to do, I, I think, in bringing it onto the stage, the thing I kind of want to think about is the relationship of an audience to performers in theatre and how that differs from cinema. Um, hmm. And mm-hmm. I stumbled across this really interesting piece of trivia. I don't know how true it is because it's on IMDb trivia, so it's a pretty dubious <laughs> source. But um, 
It says that director Peter Weir st- uh, stated he wanted to have cameras installed in every theater the film was shown shown in, having the projectionist at one point cut the power and cut to the viewers and then cut back to the movie, which is I- an insane idea. Um, but I think the difference between cinema and theater is we can do that because the audience mm-hmm. is there and they're interacting with the performers mm-hmm. and there is a connection there. Mm-hmm. Um so I, yeah, just something to think about as we launch in. I feel like it'd be a really interesting parallel to make with like because the film kind of at various points cuts through, cuts into people watching it. So people at the Truman Show bar or two security guards in an office and kind of two old ladies watching it. And there's a guy in a bar, yeah. as well as seeing kind of all of these people like as actors watching this. It'd be quite mm. nice to cut to shot, cut to bits of the audience as well. We focus on them because it's kind of yeah. everyone is watching this. It's Scully from Brooklyn Nine Nine. It is, isn't it? Yeah, that's great. (laughs) Yeah, no, it'd be really cool if we just did like spotlights onto just random people in the audience. (laughs) (laughs) So okay, so I I can tell from this that you guys haven't had the same thought I have had. Okay, my thought is that there is only one way to do this as a piece of theatre. Yes, Mm -hmm. I know. I have not used the word stage, but I am curious. Before I go into that, what you guys have thoughts about? the general staging of this i i I mean my idea is coming from this place of wanting to make the most of that 60s suburban aesthetic and make the most of this relationship between audience and performer i my thought was the first act which is truman discovering that his sort of life is a lie uh would be played as a sort of like big 60s or even earlier like musical uh, it wouldn't necessarily be a musical, but like as in like huge scenery on stage being wheeled on and wheeled off, loads of huge set pieces with lots and lots of people uh, and like a, a real massive like scale to it. Um, and Truman is kind of like wandering through this world, but we get the sense that like the limitation of his world, as in the film, it, it, it is like this TV studio space. The limitation of his world is the stage, so he can never go off stage. Um, so the scenery changes around him so when he leaves his house and he walks down the street we could have huge bits of scenery that we just roll past as he's as he's walking down the street and into the main square where his office is and all this stuff that would be the first half then the second half would all take place in the studio where Christoph is like trying to control things Mm -hmm. and then everything Truman's doing uh, would be on a screen behind him apart from until the very end where he's in the boat and he crashes into the wall, I was thinking you could even have like a boat crash in from <laughs> backstage into the, the stage. And then that's when you have that final conversation between Truman and Christoph. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe them in the same space or maybe them over intercom like it is in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's my basic like big idea. Uh, I imagine that's quite different from what you're thinking, Jake. It is, Ellie. I mean, so... There are some big similarities between mine and Caleb, but also some quite big differences. So in the same way as you having the, having kind of Truman always on stage, um, I had that, but instead of, instead of it kind of being kind of proscenium arch, there is a stage. I was thinking more like we are kind of in the round, a little bit like, um, the Payne's Plough roundabout theatre. Um, but, um, we have kind of three sides, um, and pathways going through each side um truman's always in the center because i quite like the whole the whole idea that we're in a dome truman's kind of trapped inside and we're kind of trapped inside with him um but um the audience i mean this probably isn't too practical in terms of like how many audience we can fit in but um behind kind of maybe two or three rows of audience on this on the edges of the circle i'd want like big led screens so everything in the set and the scenery is kind of projected onto these screens so that actually Truman is kind of going around his day and we see like these seamless transitions of um, using these screens of like where he is because the play goes through so many locations in such short time. I was watching it like, oh my gosh, my list is so long. So I kind of thought about having maybe, same as you, this first act, we kind of see Truman kind of going about his life and maybe slowly bit by bit we start to see the the kind of the seamlessness fall apart a little bit like yeah. a light falls over or a fly bar comes in slightly too close 
um, to the stage and we kind of start to see it. And yeah. then the big, um, the big kind of moment right before, um, the end of act one where, um, Truman's kind of gone on his joyride. He's nearly attacked his wife in the show and his friend comes in. Um, and then like the father, um, his long lost father who he thought was dead is revealed. Yeah. Um, during all this, I thought it would be really, really cool if the top, the upper edge of the, like, the edges of the stage, um, so the circle around the whole thing, turns out to be, um, the, like, the screen slides up and it reveals this kind of glass window. So we see, as the audience above us, um, the actual control room where the actors and kind of everything's taking place. As And so we get that conversation simultaneously where... Um, Christoph, I think his name is, that's running yes. the show. He starts feeding Marlon the line. So we're yes. watching right in front of us, Marlon kind of saying, oh, you can always trust me. I'd never lie to you. But we also can see above us um, this same thing, that, like this being fed into us. And I thought that'd be like a really nice kind of reveal um, at the right at the end of act one. It's a bit of like, oh my gosh, we're going to get to see inside, inside this bit. Yeah. Kind of for a teaser for the next bit. For sure. Yeah. I should say that... The- yeah, the the big reason for the proscenium thing for me was just that in the ending he can cross the 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 barrier between him and the audience, and mm. so he can walk out of the theater through like the audience door. And I, but yeah, I love I really like mm. that, and I like the use of the LED screens. And and these days you can get screens that become glass. You know, like mm. they can be showing something and then they can just be see-through immediately. Suddenly see-through. Which would be That'd really be cool. very cool. Cool. Jake, what was your idea? You lack ambition, my friends. <laughs> you lack <laughs> ambition. I honestly Yours is, think... Let me guess, you're going to get like a whole... We're going to buy a whole neighborhood. Wait, is, is it promenade? <laughs> it's not promenade. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's better than promenade. Okay. It's immersive oh, this. No. <laughs> This yeah, can only, I genuinely believe this could only this could only be it, it could only reach the levels that the film reaches as a piece of immersive theatre and I can I can sense you're going to disagree with me but oh uh, yeah hugely <laughs> that's such a bold claim I, I was, every every single note I've written every every single thing I've thought about this film is is all through that prism I've been reading um a, a chapter of a book by Eleanor Fuchs. The book is called Theatre After Modernism, and the chapter is called Theatre as Shopping. And it's about this play called Tomorrow, which I hadn't heard of. But it's it it reminded me of the thing I have seen, which is uh, The Great Gatsby, which is an immersive theatre piece in London. And essentially the idea is that you... It's the, it's set in a restaurant, and you eat in the restaurant, and you are, you are part of the scene, you're part of the restaurant. The whole focus of The Truman Show is about this this dilemma for the actors the audience who the tv audience who don't feel it and the and the technical people and people in charge that have this kind of ethical issue with with how they acting at truman you know she the wife like acting as his wife um and actually the kind of complete lack of remorse that she feels for that as well and i i just think that the way to make the the audience feel that is to have them be those extras and i know you're saying oh that we'd have to buy a whole town i don't think we would <laughs> i really don't think we would i think you'd you'd you can yeah. break it down into into smaller spaces so i i, I don't know if anyone's seen the great gatsby it's in this kind of quite big yeah. warehouse and it's got all these rooms in the house and the bit and the main room as well and my thought would be as you'd start i hadn't thought it all the way through because i for some reason imagined everyone would come to the same conclusion as me but uh, <laughs> uh you'd start with the audience in the control room in the in the moon room and they'd be given their brief for the day and they'd go down and they would watch as in any piece of kind of like punch drunk or something like that that you wouldn't see everything every time but you would be able to watch and participate you'd have maybe yeah. have someone in your ear or someone with you telling you to do things um and you'd watch this story play out and especially given the, that most people know this story already most people know know the truman show um th- that removes that worry a little bit about missing things 
Um, and then that would be kind of the first half and the second half you'd come back into the control room and basically it would be it would turn back into a, a normal in inverted commas piece of theater and, and similar to what you're saying except i'd want mm-hmm. the glass to be between the audience in the control room and what they see it would be live on the other side of the screen as it were rather than the rather than recorded and then you could you could watch that as if you were behind uh we change it slightly so the control room is behind the kind of uh cloud wall that he hits at the end and we can kind of watch all this happening um and then the kind of only major stipulation that i had in my head was that uh christoph is is in the room with you and all those characters are in the room with you and they're they're acting on your side of the space and then they interact with truman on the other side of the space that you can see um and then the only stipulation i had was that at Mm -hmm. the end therefore if you're behind that particular location he can actually step into the room you're in and then that's the end as it were so it would kind of be like a first half immersive second half still immersive but less like walking around um interaction kind of thing yeah yeah it's interesting that well just that you the thing you took out as the core of the film being about this ethical dilemma because for me the core of the film is it's this this take on like truman is a man who lives a normal life that is following some kind of american dream and the ending is that he chooses to break out of what society expects of him which is to remain in uh sea haven uh and that for me is the core of the film (laughs) and for me Mm. to play with in the way that the film is playing with sort of like cinematic uh elements to play with sort of theatrical elements like early talked about with like having fly bars coming at the wrong time have like a stage like fall at one point <laughs> stuff like that, that. <laughs> to play with that and then see truman break beyond the barrier break beyond what the story expects of him is like for me i'm like oh that's the core of the of the story mm. is truman is within an expected space and then he chooses to break beyond it and sort of mm. make his own uh journey his own decision to to go beyond that um and that's making I... the most of the theatrical space as like this is a confining space because he's a character stuck in a play, you know. Mm. I think I really, I think I agree, and also the, the, I guess my one kind of stipulation with the immersive thing is most of the time, most people in the audience won't ever kind of spend all their time with Truman, and I think that's what the film does so well in the first half is it makes you really root for him you're watching thinking mm. oh like it's a bit like actually james graham's quiz you know how um, yeah. the B- the bbc uh, three-part series how they have um and each episode is a different focus and each episode we kind of seen diff- someone else's perspective and by the end of that episode you think oh my gosh i'm on their side or I'm on the TV show side, I'm on the couple side. I feel like the end of Act One, after we've seen Truman, we're very much on his side and very much like, whoa, I can't, we need to get him out. Yeah. You, you really have that sympathy with him. And then when they show you the room of the kind of control room and everyone watching and how much it means to them, that's when you kind of go, ooh, actually there's a, there's a whole other perspective here. And I think if you didn't spend so much time at the beginning with Truman, you'd kind of miss that. I, I think you, I, in my head, that first half would, you would spend it all with Truman. Mm-hmm. Whether that, however you do that, there's a lot of extra, because that's my, that's my issue with the proscenium show is that you don't get that sense of scale. You don't yeah. get, um, it, and I think, I, I, basically, I, I think I'm only willing to go with, with the proscenium staging if we change the plot so that he is in a stage play that he doesn't know about, but no, that doesn't make any that's sense. What I wanna do, that's what I want to do in that, like, it, 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 it's, it's treating the, the televisual space of the film as uh as a stage space so the idea is almost as if truman has grown up his whole life on this stage because he's a character and we can acknowledge that and that's kind of what the film is doing i think does that make sense like it it makes mm. sense i just think it's a very i think it's quite different and it's it's much harder to emote with i think potentially i I, my because i don't know when i was little and i watched the truman show i spent the next year of my childhood worrying that i was in some kind of version <laughs> of the truman show um, as you do as a small child with lack of theory of mind but 
I, I think it's a very different question of like this character yeah. is on stage and this character doesn't know how to leave. Whereas I think the point, not again, I, when I say the essence, I don't, I'm not good at that kind of thing. But what I mean is, is what the Truman Show I think is doing is it's saying, here's this person who yeah. is a character, but doesn't exist outside of that character and doesn't know yes. they're that character. And how, yes, yeah. how do you put a character on stage and give them those those properties in any way that the audience can believe well i mean yeah i i guess any character who's on stage doesn't know that if the you know if they're being played right they don't know they're a character mm-hmm. until they do mm. uh, you know well in a regular play they never would but in this he would discover he's a character and that changes things uh, which yeah i i mean i understand mm. and i completely get your issues with that because it is quite different from the film i think it's a really mm. cool and concept what, i just think it's a different concept uh, well yeah. yeah i think it's playing on the same idea of like that confinement and how for our entertainment we place someone within that confinement mm. And, mm. and that's what the film is about but i see also that like the sort of ethical elements that you're talking about are also a core element of the film like you know this film is saying a lot because that's part of what makes it such a good film so yeah i mean i'm I'm happy to go either way on this one yeah so i kind of like the idea of having some kind of i mean mostly audiences just do as they're told but having some kind of plan for what happens if someone decides they're going to try and actually communicate with it like i like that kind of thing but i guess it's it is very different and it will it would get the story across very Mm, differently for me the only thing that because i actually really like that like placing the audience themselves into that dilemma and kind of making them feel like because the thing with audiences if you tell them what to do they'll do it even if they think oh maybe i should maybe i should tell truman what's going on they no one will so i quite like the idea of putting the audience in the situation where their brain is saying do you know what i'm not sure i'm comfortable with this but i'm gonna do it anyway but the only thing is some of the key moments of the of the the first act are when truman is alone and not with other extras so say when he's right, in the in yeah. the kitchen with his wife and also at the end of act one on the bridge with Marlon, his friend, how do we get them to watch that? Well, so this is how I kind of merge these two things together is where is whenever we need to do that kind of thing, we can bring everyone into the control room and the control room basically acts as proscenium space. And on the other side of this kind of big screen, as it were, we actually have a what is basically a stage that can have a changing set, but just m- right. a much smaller internal uh, no, set. No, no. Right, I'm up mm. for that, and I, I'm I'm actually really I- into that idea. In that, like, so that central square where a lot of the action is taking place, mm. and where like he first sees his dad and all that stuff, mm. that is a space where the audience goes maybe multiple times, maybe three or four times, and each time they're given a different objective. Mm-hmm. So, mm. like, for example, I'm an audience member, and uh, uh, okay, uh, you have to carry this briefcase, you have to go over to that kiosk, buy a coffee, buy a newspaper, mm. then go over to this area, have a conversation with this person, mm. and then leave that's what you have to do and you're given like sea haven dollars to buy your coffee and newspaper <laughs> yeah. and stuff i think that's fun and, and and it's like that real tactile element mm. of it um but then yeah you bring them into the control room and i think we don't even have a screen up we literally like the control room can just be like a space that feels like a proscenium theater mm-hmm. and mm. between each time they leave it changes set so maybe even the the audience don't even see the the set changes taking place yeah um and so it means that like when they leave it was his house and now they come back and it's the bridge where he's chatting with his friend mm. uh with marlon and and then it, they leave and then he comes back and it's the beach where he uh you know where he's with sylvia or something like that yeah 100 um, percent. i i really like that as an idea and i think it brings these two elements together and then i think you're right jake what it does is it means that final act that proscenium stage space well for me i would i would have that proscenium stage space be the control room for the final mm. for the second half yeah that that's already shorter isn't it yeah. as well that's only like 35 minutes, minutes out of an hour and 45 about 40 minutes yeah i was just gonna say that you could also split the audience for that that final bit you know when they search they send off the actors out to search for truman because no one can find him you oh, could actually send yeah. some of them out to look for him and then exactly, have them exactly. experience that moment where um in the film um it's supposed to be the middle of the night but christoph the director just turns all the lights on to make it daylight so you can suddenly have that confusion <laughs> oh my of looking word, and- that's so cool well just send them all out to search because in that scene not very much is happening and then when the lights come back on you bring them back into the stage space for that final scene mm. 
Um, I think that's great. And I think that still gives the opportunity to have the boat burst through into the control room and have that final confrontation, then have Truman leave through like crossing the line between him and the audience mm-hmm. and then leaving out through the door they came in. Like, you know, that's, yeah. I think that's, I think that's a really cool idea. An, it, that would be so interesting as well, because the way the film ends is Truman leaves, but we don't see where he goes. We don't see what happens next. We see kind of the audience around the world watching and cheering, but we yeah. never get to see that moment of Truman going, like, what have you done to me? And so actually him coming and facing the audience and looking at all of these people who have been complicit in his kind of entrapment actually is quite a nice way of really hammering that yeah. home for the audience. Like, he gets to actually oh, look I- at them and kind of yeah. just before he leaves. I, what would be great as well is if he walks down that like aisle of the audience and he's like got this look of like you know it's he's angry he's upset he's annoyed and then he reaches the end and he turns back and that's when he delivers the final light the final yeah. line of like oh in case line. i don't see you and he bows you know, in the film he bows exactly oh, yeah. exactly <laughs> this is why i'm like this has got to have something that feels traditionally yeah. theatrical yeah yeah because the whole true. thing is that truman is traditionally theatrical in a in a way yeah i guess i'm s- I guess I just didn't communicate this part in my head properly. No, 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 but this is great. I thought of no, it. no, that's fine. And and I think this is, so, yeah, a great idea, a great way of making it immersive as well as making it feel like we're using theatrical convention. Mm. And this space that we have that's uh, proscenium, I was thinking we could have it as like a revolve um, that has these settings on so that we really can just completely move between them. And you wouldn't see the revolving take place. You're right. You'd send the audience out the room to do something immersive and then they come back and it would have changed. Yeah. Um, as if the control room can almost move around. Yeah. Um, which I think is believable. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. Mm. I, I really like that. Um, and yeah. And I great. I guess the great thing about the immersive bit as well is so, so obviously you have the people, you send them out to do their objective, but then you have actors amongst them. So Marlon will be out there. Um, I mean, even mm. like, so the stuff that happens like, there's a bit where he goes into the store where Marlon works and has a conversation with him. Uh, there's a bit where he's like in his office space, uh, like all of that. You can kind of, we could probably all bring that out into the, into the square. So where Marlon works could be like more like a stall or like a kiosk. Yeah. So most of the stuff that isn't in either his house or in very specific locations, like the beach, like the bridge, uh, you could just bring that all out into that open interactive space and make as much of it immersive as possible. Mm. And even like when he tries to escape, you could maybe even just have that take place in the square. Don't have him. Although oh, I quite like the imagery of him crossing the bridge. Nah. Well, yeah. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> and the fire. Well, that's fine. Cause you can have, you can have, even if we do that, we've, we've got two settings out outside of that stage rather than 10 million. Yes. You know? Yeah. Mm. Um, the other element of this that I think might be interesting is if we played back so in this some, at some point in the second half if we played back footage from that day's performance maybe mm. like some people who have certain objectives similar actually to um art heist that we saw at the fringe where someone has a camera and it's being played on the screen behind during the actual performance mm-hmm. and that kind of feeds into the art that's being created if like certain people their, their objective is like carry this briefcase and in the briefcase there's a little camera hole that's filming things or like mm. we we get these little buttonhole cameras or, or or whatever and then um during the second half at some point you can just be splicing all this stuff together as quickly as possible into some <laughs> some sort of cohesive thing i mean i guess you you would get a sense of which bits are gonna fit together anyway uh, and then you could show it back in some moment maybe that's part of like how christoph tries to persuade truman to stay or i don't know like something like that but then the audience gets to see themselves as part of the yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole mm. performance i think that's really cool i think i mean I, just to say that that's a poltergeist that theater company that oh yeah of heist, course just yeah to, just give them a little shout out they're great <laughs> the other thing i think of is um how, is it called Ca- baby candy what's the oh. what's baby the wants impl- candy yeah baby wants candy that's it so they is it the beginning of the show they they ask for a, a, a the name of something or whatever and yeah, then they, they make a t-shirt the, during the, the show i think they ask for the name of a mu- the musical they ask for it? a pun on a musical yeah yeah and then do they they make a t-shirt during the show yes, they, make something they do they do yeah. during the show so so they have a graphic um, designer mocking up a graphic of this fake musical and then they have that 
put yeah they have that printed as a t-shirt that you can buy yeah right so i'm thinking something similar where we use without making it too obvious just the stuff from the first immersive yes, bit yes and we use that time afterwards to splice it together yeah um and just make something that's simple. perfect as well because i think actually if you're having it as in the story christoph is using it as a reason for truman to stay that first bit of immersive theater is going to be when truman is living his normal life and he's not realized yeah. that things yeah. are weird and so it's like look at like what an easy life you can have living here and mm. and it's bits from that first bit of immersive uh theater yeah i think the bit that for me i haven't with this idea i haven't worked out how we'll do is the flashbacks so the bits yeah. about how we find out that truman was kind of kind of falling in love with this girl sylvia who we met at college but she kept saying look we're not allowed to speak to each other i'm not allowed to speak to you they they kind of just cut back into that in the film but yeah. how do we see that well, actually, I was going to say that. You say you couldn't work out how to do it for the theatre. I don't think the film worked no, out how to do it No, I think they did, because what they yeah. do is they they have him... So he's sat there looking at her jumper. And it, and if so let's say if you're someone who's in the film, a real person watching it on TV, what you would see mm. is him in a little corner of the screen looking at her jumper and then them playing back this reel of highlights of him meeting Sylvia. Yeah, yeah but like what? They think that he's going to, they know he's going to sit there for the length of the highlights. Like, well, it, they've, it, watched it this man, they've watched work. this man for the entirety of his life. So I think they probably yeah, have a sense. I guess Well, because so, then, then so. the interview with Christoph at the beginning of the second act uh, is, is, all whilst uh, Truman sat there eating cereal, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, well, yeah, so but I think I think what's to stop... Yeah, either so, these flashbacks yeah. could be pre-recorded films. Yeah, I, I think that that's potential and have... Because I love the idea of this being this sort of big... It's immersive, but it's also multimedia and you have like introduce reintroduce like filmic elements to it so you you can have him sat there looking at the jump and we see the flashback behind the moment where he hugs his dad you can have him hugging his dad on stage and then playing flashbacks of their life together behind um you can have and you can still do the bit we can have christoph in the room saying like run the vt yeah you know? yeah and even at the beginning of the second act you can play that interview with christoph on the screen and have him sat there eating breakfast if you wanted to like these are i think use a big screen at the back of the stage space that we have and do that stuff because i think um i think it's an interesting element as well of if we imagine if you follow someone 24 hours a day uh but you still manage to build these like highlight reels out of it that you can just wheel out at any moment you need to yeah Ooh. and i just like i like that this stops us having to employ like 50 odd actors <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah we just need the central cast which is like what like mm, eight, yeah eight people and then maybe another three or four for in the control room as well so we're looking at a cast yeah. of about 12 which is so much more manageable and then yes and you could even have like the tickets include uh like a, a maybe a meal that you get a, a stool or something yeah or, i don't know i like i mean you don't need to be too Oh, there's that place where you like buy plastic food in French. Where is this? Like, I can't. They always. Go, I went there on a school trip once. You don't want it to be too. Uh, or like, what's it called? Mini worlds, where you get like, like you go, you like children go and they go and pretend to be oh, Pac-Man yeah. and things. Um, <laughs> you have no idea what that is. <laughs> so like some like shopping malls oh, yeah. have these like. Oh, I'm gonna try and look it up. That's hilarious. <laughs> there's one in London where you can like pretend to. Where you're a kid and you pretend to be like yeah. a surgeon. And then you go shopping and you have your salary and that's so funny. Odd. Well, I did like, yeah, the, I mentioned about you get given, you know, X amount of Sea Haven bucks and you go buy a, a coffee <laughs> or whatever. I think you could definitely use that in a, a bigger scale. Like at the beginning, you get given however many and then you can exchange them for food or drinks or whatever throughout. Uh, maybe even if there is an interval. Um, which might be nice. In the interval, you have them go out into the square and, and these kiosks and stuff are just open for them to explore anywhere. So they're, mm. they're like without a task at that moment. They can just go and explore whatever part of the the square they want to and buy whatever they want and drink whatever they want and all that stuff. Kidzania. There we go. Kidzania. That is what it's called. <laughs> it's an indoor city run by kids. That is fascinating. Um, oh my it God. Is, it's... This is... <laughs> Crazy. So basically, we're setting the Truman Show in Kidzania. That's what we've concluded. <laughs> we we're gonna buy up Kidzania. You can go in. <laughs> oh my word! This is 
Are you, Amazing. Are you, at, are you looking it up on the internet? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and it's insane. Oh, now I feel like I need to search as well. Oh my word, this is crazy! It is literally like this. There's a central bit, and there's like a, a, like a, a cinema, a bank, and another thing, and like cafes and stuff, and in a big square. And I'm like, this is a, literally what the set of the Truman Show on stage should be. They've got an H oh and M in there. Like <laughs> what? that's that's so weird um i love that and i love using this really weird <laughs> kidsania thing as a kind of a springboard <laughs> <laughs> uh i just yeah i just want i can't remember when i was recently talking about it but someone told me that they went with a kid and they decided to be a tax man and they just went around all the other places <laughs> and there was that wasn't a real role they just went around all the places like oh, asking what? for like tithe from the from the various like stop owners <laughs> Oh my goodness! Um, what a horrible place! That is, <laughs> oh. To me, that is like it's like the the end of like the capitalist capitalist nightmare is that we pay so that our kids can pretend to be a part of this terrible system that we're all a part of already. Oh. That is just a fascinating concept. Absolutely, this is um, so awful. But then I guess we do that. I mean, GTA is that really? Um, just criminal yeah. version yeah no but it's it is crazy that it exists um but i guess i don't know do you, you're, you mean do you remember when you were like i don't know 13 14 and you'd get like five quid pocket money to go to the corner shop and get a chocolate bar with and you were just so excited to have like that freedom to like five exchange quid, boy, boy. <laughs> to exchange like uh money we for used goods to and do services. Yeah, we we had a pick and mix. Uh, a news agency did a pick and mix, and we get we get twenty p on a Friday to go and you know choose <laughs> our cola bottles and you know whatever. And yeah, vivid memories of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like yeah introducing adults into this <laughs> bizarre kidsania world is fun. The one thing that I thought about watching the. I'm not sure it necessarily fits into our plan so far, but watching the film, I was really aware of, you know, because in Act 2, we see very much the producer's perspective. Yeah. We we don't ever see Truman come up with a plan to escape. We we kind of, we, he just has escaped. He's slipped out and we realised a bit too late. Yeah. And watching it, I thought, oh, wouldn't it be interesting to to see that, even if maybe not for all the audience, but like for some people to get that perspective of actually him working out that plan him finding the boat so maybe maybe during that interval time when they can go and get food and drinks and stuff maybe on stage we have truman like digging his hole out or like you know mm. and like setting up ready maybe there's something mm. in that using that interval time and so if the audience chose to stay in the theater rather than go and explore the, the rest of the world they'd see that but if they didn't they yeah. wouldn't see it well, if most people are kind of buying their snacks or eating their food in the town centre yeah. or wherever they've been let free, there might be one or two that go, oh, let's go and have a look and see if we can get in. Yeah. And that's quite a bit like Punch Drunk, how actually you almost want to come back to their shows multiple times because each time you'll have a different experience. Actually, for a few people taking part, a few of the audience members, they will get to see that. Yeah. It's quite exciting. Yeah. I, yeah. I was going to suggest something very similar. I was only going to say that he does oh, nice. it. Um, <laughs> he only, I was, I was going to suggest in the immersive space rather than in the theater space. Um, but I Perfect. think that that works as well. Yeah, I think I either mean, makes I, sense. Either. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, because the idea is, it's not that clear in the film, but the idea is, is that there's this kind of gap of a few months. And they do make it clear because the wife's already left him and that kind of stuff. But they the wife the wife's yeah. left. They introduce so the new character. They do actually work. Yeah, right. So they do actually cut quite a lot of time in that period. So that could be the interval. We could even have the sun come up and go down very quickly as as the interval's going on. So we get a sense of time passage. That's quite <laughs> I don't know how ridiculous yeah. that would actually end yeah. up looking. If we thought, oh gosh, the sun going up and down and the lights going on and off was a bit much, you could always have, you know how right at the beginning it says kind of day 10,940 or something. You could mm. just have the days mm. ticking on, yeah. like up, up in the or, corner or, or something. Or you can have as, and also instead of the sun, because that might be a bit naff, while the, everyone's eating, whatever, you could just have members of the crew come in and like change the season. So like... Yeah. Snow <laughs> yeah. on the ground. That's really funny. And like, I was just going to say, have the season change on the screens, but having, yeah, actually having someone come in and do that. And yeah, if they chuck snow on the ground and then they come and sweep it up again afterwards or something. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, imagine so I can't funny. believe that I'm, I'm just writing that in the budget like snow for <laughs> snow for placing and immediately removing 
Uh, I know I love that. I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, Another thing, uh, the music in Truman's life is played in the control tower, but can be heard everywhere to him, if that makes sense. Or at least we can hear it. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? So, like, there's a live pianist and, and he is playing the backing track to Truman's life, essentially. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there... I wanted... So, my, my original plan in the proscenium was to have an orchestra pit where there, there's live music happening. Is there a way we can mm-hmm. bring that into the immersive space, play it in the immersive space? Uh, maybe it's it's that... Um, what do you call it? Is it diegetic when it's actually in the scene? Yeah. So, you could have, like, maybe there's a band that always plays on the square or there's a, there's a um, what do you call it, a busker who's always playing on the square and they're playing a backing track to Truman's Life or whatever. I don't That's know. That's fun. Um, but something mm. like that. We could even mix it up and have different things. Because the one thing I was going to... We could have this thing where everyone gets told, right, here's your task for this bit. But I was thinking, actually, if we're going to afford it, and also it would save time and, like, actually how long the, the play is as well. Um, if everyone gets a little earpiece, you know, you, like airplane headphones, yeah. they're quite cheap, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. and you can hear, maybe you could hear a bit of music. We'll be kind of shitty, but like, I guess that's kind of the point. You could hear a bit of music <laughs> through and you could have those tasks rather than being told like when Truman escapes, stop him or like stand over here. You could have someone mm, saying yeah. in your ear, like quick, quick, quick over there. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it could be pre-recorded. There's a, there's the bit in the film where, um, they say, right, everyone in first position is everyone in first positions and everyone is standing in their position totally frozen. And that'd be so cool if you could direct the actual audience yeah. all to a certain spot. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all you're doing, all you have to do really, say you have, I don't know, say you've got 50 audience members every every performance. You get a voice actor and the writer to write and record 50 different things. Yeah. And then that's it. They all get their own yeah. their own thing that you could even have it so that you play even you don't journey, have to worry about yeah. radio transmissions you just have it being played mm. for like a little mp3 player or something just everyone press play at Gosh, the same at that time point, do we then um, do we then have to give which, each you, of the individual yeah. people kind of one of the roles and a costume do they have to bring their own costume or do we give them one no i think well maybe oh, well, we'd have you, to set it now you could or yeah or you could pre-ask you know like like if you go to a murder mm. mystery party or something, you say, "Oh, this is your character. You're going to be insurance mm. man number four, dressed as insurance man number four. and it's up to the audience mm. how they dress. You know, maybe they really go for it, or maybe they don't. In it fact, they do really that matter. in the Great Gatsby. Um, they do tell you to they uh, tell you to come in twenties gear, are. and I didn't know that, so I came in tracksuit and I got <gasps> picked on by the car. Oh, no. And they were like, "What the fuck are you oh, wearing? Oh my god! <laughs> you're at our upper class." party and you look like a hobo like they were giving me all this that's shit. so funny um, maybe yeah. if instead of booking a seat like a12 or whatever you book a character so you'll book the postman or the people across the road or something mm, like that crazy. is that is that too much to ask an audience <laughs> no because because either they can commit or they can say no and maybe we could have a box of like extra bits of costume, like you know, a postman's hat or whatever that we can give out. Yeah. But mostly, th- they just choose to bring whatever they mm. want. Yeah, I really like this. Me mm. too. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess we're just thinking of like, where is there anywhere that exists in the real world? I mean, I mean, I'm I'm well up for going <laughs> to Kidzania. Uh, the other thing is that there's a place. Um, <laughs> near Bournemouth I think I can't remember the name of it at all but it's like a one of these living museums so again this is inside a warehouse and it's a big old town but built like a Victorian town inside and you go around or maybe no it starts maybe it starts in like mm. Tudor and then it goes to Victoria and then it goes to like a, like a 60s town and you go through oh, is that Corfe Castle no no sorry go on uh no it's okay uh, anyway I-, I can't even remember the name of it I think it begins with an M or something <laughs> so I mean uh but I mean a, a place a place like that would be um good uh or, or just somewhere that, where there is a, a big sort of physical space the only other thing I, I can think of is there's this outdoor museum called the wilden download museum but that's all like literally like 1600s <laughs> it's the time scale so we can't do that uh <laughs> mm. <laughs> um but <laughs> there's, there's spaces uh, if not actually realistically it wouldn't be too expensive to do because i mean building uh, a set that is like a big square with some buildings around it uh you know they you do that for like a a, a mid-budget film or whatever i mean maybe we're looking at like 
a, a few million mm. as a budget, which is quite expensive, I guess. But <laughs> I mean, what do what does Secret Cinema do? Because it's just like that. Secret <laughs> Cinema have never made any money ever. Right, but we don't need to um, make money. We don't need to make money. <laughs> no, as in they run like two billion loss a year. It's oh, that fucking yeah. ridiculous. But yes, you would do whatever Secret Cinema do. <laughs> mm. um, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I guess that is what you would do. You're right. You'd use whatever spaces they use or a punch drunk space. I guess the one st- the one annoying thing is you've got to make the sky not look yeah. like. Um, well, that's a big challenge. Yeah, I think because, um, yeah. In, uh, well, you can, yeah. We could come up with some reason for him not to look up. You always ever. need LED. <laughs> that's also fun. <laughs> Give him like a neck brace or something. <laughs> Although th- there's that excellent <laughs> moment in the film where he gets rained on um oh. and then he moves and then the rain moves and then he moves back the rain oh, moves, and he laughs so and then good. suddenly the whole screen is full of rain um but maybe that's something you could do on the stage space i was thinking with that well if we didn't have rain we could always do it with wind we could have like a wind machine that just blasts oh, him in the good. face and he steps out of it and it's like wait what steps back into it and like it moves with him and then suddenly there's like 10 of them all blowing everywhere and he's like almost knocked backwards just to get that comedy you, you know that's uh, quite fun you know how i yeah. said when i was a kid i would have these moments of panic. <laughs> yes i or, like so there are there are just genuinely it's a real real meteorological thing that like sometimes you're in a rain cloud and there's just bits where there's yeah. no rain but i would because <laughs> <the fuck> <laughs> i didn't know that <laughs> i didn't know oh. that um, <laughs> um but yeah uh, I love this idea in the film that like nothing's ever gone wrong for thirty years, but well, just no, as the cameras I guess the reach, po- I guess the, the film, point of Sylvia and her story is that things have gone wrong, but they've been controlled better. That's true. Um, and and mm. I think again, this kind of links to the like what I was saying about what the core of the film is for me of Truman realizing that the life he has, like it, it could be more than that, is that uh, he's at a point in his life where he's restless in his marriage. He's restless in his job. Uh, so it's kind of like, it's circumstantial that he begins to notice these things that have probably always been there mm. more than he did before. And he's willing to push the boundaries yeah. further than he did before. That's the most morally weird thing that the, they like force a wife mm. upon him. Yes. And he wants, and specifically Christoph says he wants to see a conception yeah, on screen. Yeah. And they keep mentioning it at every point. It's very, yeah. and you. But uh, it's fascinating uh, as an idea because it, it is, that is what, I mean, you, you watch stuff like Love Island, mm. like that's the end game, right? Is that like we literally just watch people have these like intimate relationships on screen mm. uh, because we're fascinated. And I, I mean, personally, I just, I, I cannot enjoy that. <laughs> I find it horrible. But, and I, I think that's kind of what this mm. film is partly saying is like, why are we like morbidly like curious about seeing every intimate detail of someone's life, even if uh, it's mm. not nice or, or it's, which in this, I guess it's controlled. And the whole point is that his life is always nice because they make it so. And there's drama, but the drama is confined. But um, in some ways, reality TV has mm. run away far past what this show was ever envisaging. Mm. And I think that's why it makes it so nice yeah. to give the audience themselves this kind of complicit role in it. Because actually, back yeah. in 1998... The, the, you're kind of watching it like, oh, that's a dystopia. That's quite far-fetched. But actually, as an audience member now, you can see very clearly the parallels of your role in this and your role just watching yeah. it on telly. Actually, it's it's only only slightly less bad watching Love Island, say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think so. Yeah, well, do, we, do we want a moment that's like, hey, audience, you mm. didn't fucking do anything. I th- but I think we um, don't need to or- say it. We can just have it that di- like the disappointed look on Truman's face when he crosses the breach over the stage yeah. and he sees the whole audience and he recognizes them as the people who were in the square before. Yeah. yeah. And that doesn't enough. need to be said. Yeah, yeah I agree man oh it's a good film mm. thank you for picking this ellie because it was oh. i i wanted to go back and rewatch it and it was such a good opportunity to Watching do that again i was like oh yes <laughs> <laughs> oh it's great are we done do you think yeah i think we're done yeah ellie any, anything else to add no just great film watch it if you haven't <laughs> for real um and it's on netflix on the in the uk yeah. so you know yeah. um right uh uh Ellie, do you have anything coming up in terms of projects or anything that need plugging? Um, I wish I did, but <laughs> university drama is, yeah. is quite sparse at the moment. In the times um, of Rona, yeah. Yeah, but there will be something soon, so you can always 
Follow me on Twitter if you fancy. Well, so where <laughs> online can people look out for you? Um, you can catch me on Twitter or Instagram. Um, both are at Ellie Eliza. E-L-I-Z-A. Really? A. Actually, two A's, two A's. It is two A's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always So do you want to get that again? So it's at... Yes. Spell it so out. So it's at E-L-L-I-E-E-L-I-Z-A-A. -A. Perfect, cool. Awesome, thank you very much. <laughs> and... Caleb, do you have anything to share well, with us this week? <laughs> um, uh, along with a friend of this podcast, a, a friend of maybe you like it, um, Harrison Gale, uh, I'm starting a new podcast, which is going to run in seasons, which is probably what we should have done with this podcast, considering our track record <laughs> of keeping it regular. Um, so the first season will have started the week this is coming out uh it will be on a separate stream it's called do try this at home uh basically it's a lot like this but just film so we take mediocre mm. films uh stuff that is you know that you would place between like two and three and a half stars uh you know stuff that you go oh this is fine i guess uh and we talk about what we would rewrite change um rework uh to make it a better film and we kind of just riff that um each week so coming up is once upon a time in hollywood uh the gentleman uh a rom-com called something borrowed which is actually truly awful it's not even mediocre uh, and, and and much more um so that, that's going to be eight weeks um starting the week this episode has come out uh, so check it out wherever you get podcasts um and uh hopefully you'll enjoy it if you enjoy this one it's it's similar but uh a bit different and mostly focused on film and harrison is also great and will be on this podcast at some point uh and also you can find me online at twitter and instagram and letterbox that caleb lebster c-a-l-e-b-l-e-b-s-t-e-r uh jake where can people find you online well, people can find me at Jake Reesh. That's J-A-K-E-R-E-E-S-H. And that's on Twitter and Letterboxd. And speaking of star ratings, yeah. Caleb, if, 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 if you, dear listener, have, have enjoyed this episode or indeed any of our episodes, do give us a rate wherever you get your podcast because it just helps us be found by more people and we love to be heard by more people um who are we though we are maybe you like it productions and this is the maybe you like it podcast and you can find us on twitter and instagram at maybe you like it that's with the letter u or on facebook at maybe you like it productions that's with the word u or you can visit our website at www.maybe you like it.co.uk or drop us an email at info at maybe you like it.co.uk and if you haven't already you can also take a listen to press cuttings our radio that we recorded over lockdown at our other stream that is maybe you like it presents dot 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 anything else to add uh i think we should start thanking cab every week for the theme tune because it's good and and we, mm. we never do that <laughs> so thanks cab it's in the description <laughs> thanks, oh, it right. is in the description <laughs> cab everyone just take a listen just take a moment to listen ah uh, isn't that lovely we can't actually hear it because i haven't put it in yet um, <laughs> Well, either way, maybe you like that, maybe you didn't. Woo! Thank you very much. That was a Maybe You Like It production. Maybe you liked it, maybe you didn't. That was a Maybe You Like It production. Maybe you liked it, maybe you didn't. <laughs>